Welcome to Songs of Inspiration, a monthly podcast that brings you interviews and performances by local singer-songwriters with the goal to give space to the music community and share local artists' messages and stories with the world. I'm your host, Lars Wickland. And we're back with another episode of Songs of Inspiration. Today we have local singer-songwriter Benny Brosh. Originally from Orange, New Jersey, Benny grew up around music, picking up his first guitar at the age of eight. In 2013, Benny helped found the folk rock trio Cotteries and quickly realized that writing and performing was what he wanted to do. And that led him to quitting his day job to tour across country with the band, playing in 46 states over four years, with artists such as Sierra Hull, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, along with many others. In 2017, Benny parted ways with the band to pursue a solo career and settled in Fort Collins, Colorado, where he began writing down songs that had been brewing in his head through years of living on the road. The record that followed was his first solo EP, Wholehearted, in May of 2019, leading to a tour through Colorado and the Pacific Northwest. In 2020, Benny moved back to the East Coast to be closer to family during the pandemic. In his time away from touring, he put together a modest home studio and began learning music production, which led to new releases like All the Little Things, Josephine, and Plymouth Girl, all recorded at home. I'm really thrilled to have him on the show today, so without further ado... Let's dive into the interview. Hey, everyone. I'm here in the studio with Benny Brosh. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Benny. Yeah, thanks for having me today, Lars. No problem. So I gave some highlights of your career in the intro, uh, but it's always good to start at the beginning. So can you tell me a little bit how, about how you got started with music? Um, that is uh, a long story, I suppose. So I'll do the, the long story short version, which... Uh, it's going to be pretty long, I imagine. <laughs> uh, I think music is kind of just something that runs in my family in a lot of ways. Um, my mom's very musical. She is in a choir, and my whole life I remember her singing in the car. Um, my dad always played like classical and jazz music. He was always very into that. Um, but even further back, my grandparents, um, or at least my grandfathers on both sides were musicians, and that was music was kind of what saved them during World War Two in oh, wow. in different ways. So um, in some ways, I feel like music is like this tradition passed down to me. And in a lot of ways, I think it's also uh, not to sound corny, but has saved me in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of always been there in my life. Um, I picked up a guitar when I was in like fourth grade, like eight or nine years old. Wow. Started taking lessons and uh, really hated taking lessons. <laughs> and uh, I stopped playing guitar for many years and um, was more into sports, I guess, during that time. But uh, around high school, um, I got really into music again. And uh, upon getting my first job at a grocery store, my first paycheck, I went right to the guitar center and bought an acoustic guitar. And uh, the rest is the rest of the long story. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Uh, when did you like first decide you wanted to pursue music as a full-time thing? I never considered it as a full-time career um, until after college. Uh, during college, I started doing stand-up comedy and was really into that. And I think I got the stage bug. Mm -hmm. uh, I really liked performing and um, 
honestly, I liked the the vibe of like being in a club at night and you know anonymous people and just you know strong drinks and getting up on a stage and uh, expressing yourself in some way. And um, the comedy thing lasted for a couple years, but it was uh, <laughs> more more depressing than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> And uh, around that same time, post-college, I had met a couple people that were playing music and had uh, some experience in the music industry, and we started a band together, and uh, they kind of pushed to have us play shows and, you know, start an actual band and record an album and get on the road and tour. And uh, that was around the time I realized that you could make some money playing music and I was, you know, absolutely absorbed with it. And yeah, that, that's, that's kind of where cool. it started. Awesome. Uh, did you have any favorite bands or artists that influenced you? I mean, growing up, uh, as I mentioned, my parents both had very eclectic taste in music. My dad into classical and jazz and my mom was very into like the Laurel Canyon scene, like Joni Mitchell and Crosby, Stills, Nash and Neil Young. Um, I'd say one of the biggest influences on me that I discovered in my teen years was the band. Um, There's something about that Americana sound that really captured my imagination and um, the songs that they were writing were in a lot of ways, um, you know, great stories that were behind really just like music that I could relate to. You know, I had an acoustic guitar in my room and I was like, oh, yeah, this this makes sense. Yeah. Um, I also will say it's kind of probably not obvious based on the music I play, but hip hop and rap had a lot of influence, especially on um, in, in the in terms of lyricism. Mm. I think uh, hip hop is underrated in terms of being like folk music. Yeah, I don't think it's really considered that. Um, but if you think about it, it's storytelling. It's just yeah. not acoustic instruments. You know, it's a different kind of storytelling. And um, that also, you know, a lot of stuff I couldn't relate to. But I think I respect the 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 use of the language, how yeah. they uh, bend words to fit in certain ways. And, um, you know, specific artists. I was very into like early nineties rap, like Tupac and Nas and, uh, big L biggie smalls. Um, that, that whole kind of thing. Um, that's really cool. Eminem, you know, there's just some unbelievable lyricism that, um, I still to this day, you know, love listening to rap from that era and, uh, it inspires me in a lot of ways. That's awesome. Yeah. Good songwriting is good songwriting. And I think like, uh, it's always great to hear stuff that that has a story and uh, and kind of tells some you something about that person. So it's really cool. That's yeah. really cool. Nice. Uh, did you have any mentors uh, starting out? Um, not really. I I guess in my mind, I've always like thought of a mentor as like Mr. Miyagi, like yeah, <laughs> you know, like somebody who's wax on, wax off. Um, I never specifically had that, but. Um, I've had, I think that I've learned a lot just from the people that I've worked with, um, you know, various musicians that I've either played shows with or, you know, recording engineers I've worked with, um, other musicians who are like doing it, 
mm-hmm. you know, they're, I, I think you pick up on a lot of wisdom from just talking to people. Um, but, you know, I think that today's world, there's so much access to like interviews with musicians. I definitely think I learned a lot from just listening to podcasts and, mm-hmm. and watching interviews with musicians online. Very cool. Awesome. Um, what would you say the biggest challenge uh, you faced uh, and overcame pursuing uh, your passion for music was? Um, I think I'm still overcoming it. It's this idea of, you know, uh, am I good enough? Imposter syndrome. Uh, for a long time, um, I didn't think I could sing. I had, you know, some people tell me I couldn't sing or that I didn't have a good voice. Um, and, you know, st- Still to this day, I have that voice in my head, but I think like over time as you do it more and more and um, getting like, you know, some kind of feedback from from fans or from family, friends, whatever it is, uh, that that confidence kind of compounds. And I think I'm at a good place now where I'm I'm feeling more confident in my voice and in my writing and, um, you know, still have to battle that that voice in my head. But you know, in, imposter syndrome is real, and it's. I don't think it's just in art, but it is, you know, just in life. It definitely is, yeah. I think everybody who creates definitely deals with that in some way. Yeah, yeah. Do you deal with that at all? Definitely, yeah. It took me a while to kind of, like, find my voice singing and stuff, so yeah. Um, definitely have had those experiences as well. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's always good when you overcome it. It's a great feeling to put stuff out there to the the world and stuff and feel confident about it. Totally. And I don't think it's ever something that you'll like fully overcome. Yeah. I think it's constantly like something you battle every day, but I think like anything, the more you fight it, the stronger you get and the more tools you pick up along the way to deal with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Um, what are some routines you have to keep your like writing and inspiration flowing? (laughs) Uh, I don't really have routines. Uh, For a while, I was waking up like every day and writing for 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. um, just like free writing. And that was a good routine that I should probably get back into. (laughs) Um, It's tough. Life is hard. Uh, You know, I have a full time job outside of playing music. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes I want to just stay in bed and sleep. But I think there are certain things that I kind of try to do every week. Like Mm -hmm. I try to, to run a couple days a week, uh, and get some exercise that helps me clear my mind. Um, and really just getting myself into, you know, quote unquote, the studio space and actually sit down and write and work on stuff. Um, I think that it is, that's like probably another thing that I'm trying to overcome is like, you know, (laughs) the inherent laziness I have to not want to do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't necessarily have any routines, but uh, I think just in my mind constantly like working on songs, even if it's like not at the forefront of what I'm doing. I'm not like sitting there writing, but I'll be at work and like just thinking about, you know, a song that I am currently working on. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Awesome. Um, You've toured a lot and shared the stage with some well-known acts. Um, I know you kind of when you started your solo uh, career, you wrote a lot uh, about kind of living on the road. Can you share some of what that experience was like? The touring experience? Yeah. Um, So that was the first band I was in. Um, We, you know, like I mentioned, 
um, we were pretty gung ho on on getting a band started, and kind of realized quickly that we wanted to just be you know playing shows. So we started booking a lot of shows and as many places as we could in the Northeast. Um, I was living in New Jersey at the time, so we were doing a lot of like New Jersey, Pennsylvania, upstate New York. We'd come up here to Massachusetts a bunch. Um, and we were playing a lot of shows for free, but it felt great to you know just get on the road. Um, I was in high school very into the book On the Road by Jack Kerouac. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I think... Uh, I think I quoted that book in my senior year book. Nice. Uh, I can't remember the exact quote, but um, I guess I always had this fascination with being on the road, and it was something I talked about for years with people. So when I started this band and we were actually doing it, it felt like a snowball effect where it just kept on going. Um, we we bought a van, an old Volkswagen Westfalia, mm-hmm. and uh, the three of us kind of lived in that thing for for months at a time and traveled all over the place. Oh, wow. And that was an amazing experience. You know, we weren't making any money really, but we were really, I think, collecting stories, which turned into the songs and meeting lots of people and experiencing the United States. You know, there's there's more to it than the Northeast and yeah. more to it than the town you grew up in, a lot more to it. And, and people very live cool. very different lives. And that stuff is where I draw a lot of inspiration from. And uh, hope to continue to do it, you know, nice. now that the world's opened up a little bit more. That's great. Very cool. Yeah, it's it must be really inspiring to to have those stories and stuff and those experiences. Very cool. Um, in reading your uh, bio, I noticed uh, you also practice uh, glass br- blowing, which is a pretty unique skill. Um, how'd you get into that? Craigslist. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was living in Colorado um, for a couple of years when the pandemic hit. And uh, I was actually playing music full time there. I had gotten my solo career to a place where I was making a good living doing it. And, um, you know, obviously music was or live music, at least, was no longer an option. Um, my partner also lost her job and mm-hmm. she got a job offer back in Massachusetts where she grew up. Uh, her family still lives here. So we decided to pack up and move back here. And I was looking for work and went on Craigslist and saw this ad for glass blowing apprenticeship. And I sent them an email because it sounded interesting. And they, you know, responded, told me to come on in. And pretty much on day one, I fell in love with it. That's so cool. Yeah, it's a, a fascinating art form. And I actually have to say, like, working with glass has been great for my songwriting. Um, It's a very different form of art. Yeah. Um, It's very immediate. I mean, there's a lot of similarities between music and between glass blowing, where it's very physical. You're using your body. Mm -hmm. Um, You're kind of reacting to the elements around you. Yeah. But um, some of the major differences are with glass... You can work on it for a couple hours, maybe, um, on on a piece for a couple hours. Um, But once it's done, it's pretty difficult to get in there and make any major changes. So you have to be okay with your piece being the way it is, flaws and all. Um, Things definitely won't come out the way you had planned them to, but you kind of have to accept that. Whereas with songwriting, you know, there are some songs that I'm still writing years and years down the line. So... 
I've kind of tried to take that practice of letting things just be done um, from glass blowing and incorporate that into my songwriting. That's really cool that it's kind of influenced your songwriting and your creative process there too. Yeah. Um, it's cool how, how one art form can influence another and stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I would recommend that for, for anyone who's trying to create is have more than one outlet. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes you can get so focused on one thing that, um, you know, can lose sight of the forest for the tree. Definitely, yeah. That's the saying, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've messed around a little bit with painting, and that's similar in that it's like um, you can't really go back and change it too much once you're once it's done, it's dried, and it, right. it is what it is, and yeah. you kind of just have to kind of accept it and move on. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Um, I really enjoyed your song, um, Perfection is a Prison. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, how you wrote that song and what inspired it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that is really funny that you, you brought that song up. I didn't even realize I was on my website. Um, so that song came about back in Fort Collins, Colorado. There was a, I don't really know how to describe it, a facility, a place kind of like, like this, um, called the music district. Mm -hmm. And it was this place that like offered affordable studio time, and rehearsal spaces and programs and workshops. And um, I got picked to work um, on or to be like part of this pilot program. That was a, a workshop they were doing. And part of the workshop was uh, writing and recording a song. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I can't remember specifically part of the, the whole like course. It was like an eight to 10 week course was based around Victor Wooten's book, um, The Music Lesson. Oh, cool. And there was something in it about perfection. Like, I don't I don't remember exactly. But I had this idea of, you know, getting, I guess, talking about, like, working on a song for years. Like, yeah. working on trying to perfect have that, like, perfect song or, you know, getting your vocals perfect or the guitar perfect, you know, perfect recordings. And feeling like that was like a trap you know mm -hmm. like it, it it's something that you'll never get out of and you'll just continue to bang your head against the wall trying to find perfection so um that project um I think I had just gotten like a microphone like I think I might have had an SM57 and a uh a Focusrite interface and I think I had like GarageBand and I recorded the the vocals and the acoustic guitar. And then I took it over to my friend Max, Maxwell Treader, who um, was also in this workshop. Mm -hmm. And together we recorded the drums and bass on that. And then I went back home and I think I put some mandolin on there. And I think very subtly in there, there's some very bad violin playing that I did. <laughs> and, I, you know, I thought that played nicely into this idea of like searching for perfection. But the song itself is very imperfect and you know listening back i'm gonna have to listen back to it but i'm sure it's um that's part of the charm of it maybe is yeah, that it's yeah. imperfect in a lot of ways yeah definitely it it stood out to me um as just uh definitely unique and um it was cool that it, it, it has a cool meaning behind it so yeah really yeah. liked it thanks man yeah um you do some home recording uh 
are you working on any new music or anything? I am. Yeah, I'm, I've been working on um, a new album or EP called Woe Town, um, which, if you can probably guess, is very happy and joyous. Um, it's a, a collection of songs that I've written o- over the last two or three years, which um, is pretty hard. Um, the idea for Woe Town, you know, I really like the name of it. Uh, I think it's uh, it, it it inspires a lot of imagery, but um, it's very loosely based on the town I grew up in, which was West Orange, New Jersey, and mm-hmm. we used to in my high school at least this saying that was like "Woe Town is better than Yo Town," <laughs> um, and believe me, it was a great place to grow up. I, I really love West Orange, but uh, the name Woe Town kind of dawned on me during the pandemic, like, oh, that that could be something else, you know? <laughs> very cool. So yeah, I've been working on that at home, and I'm working on a bunch of other projects um, with a bunch of other artists. I've been working with a couple local musicians here, uh, one by the name of Sayo, and uh, one by the name of Aaron Bonney. Um, and we've been, I have, I guess, two separate projects projects with them, and we're working on EPs. We have, I think, like three or four songs each nice. that uh, we've been recording at, at my apartment and uh, actually just moved, just uh, uh, bought a house and have a really nice studio space that I'm just setting up now. Oh, awesome. So I'm very excited to have like drums oh, <laughs> and nice. be able to play music really loud. And um, I think that that will really change uh, the way that I, I write and record some songs. Very cool. Congrats on the house and thank the studio. You. That's great. Yeah, thank you. I'm very excited about it. Nice. Awesome. Uh What's one piece of advice you'd give to songwriters just starting out? Ooh, um, I mean, I don't know if I feel like maybe it's the imposter syndrome, but qualified to give advice to anyone. But uh, if I was to give advice to myself, my younger self starting out, it would probably be uh, get off social media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, I think I would. I would tell myself like just. Be bad. Be okay being bad. You know, mm-hmm. be okay with sucking for a long time, and just know that it's you're working towards getting better. Um, it's really hard to believe in yourself at first, especially when you don't have anyone else believing in you. But um, record yourself a lot. Listen back to yourself. Um, make critical notes, but don't be like, you know, super judgmental and down on yourself yeah just realize that it is a process and um you know i still tell myself this every day like i can't wait to hear what i sound like in 10 years (laughs) you know i think that uh that advice would have gone a long way for me is kind of just not listening to the negative things and um try and try and just get better yeah just just work on getting better i think awareness like as you record yourself and stuff, like awareness is something that really kind of you gain over time and stuff. And um, that, that I think really is the biggest way to, to kind of like improve and like uh, kind of come into your own with music and stuff. And um, that's what I've noticed, like as I've done stuff. So, yeah. 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 It, it is awareness for sure. You gotta, you gotta look at your own work and, be critical of it but also be aware like you have talent you know there's something there and that's just it's just a muscle that you need to make stronger absolutely 
Very cool. Awesome. Well, uh, Benny, thank you so much for taking the time to talk and share some great perspectives and uh, stories. Um, I'm excited to hear you play some music. So um, let's uh, dive into the performance. Cool, man. Thanks uh, for having me. I really appreciate it and hope I didn't talk too much and ramble. No, no, this is great. (laughs) All right, cool. Thanks. All right. Uh, The song is called Wotown. It is the eponymous track from the upcoming album Wotown.
This is Josephine. Wicked man, the cigarette smoke twisted in the fan. I have no hope and no direction. Watching the merry go round again. You know, I couldn't help myself. Spinning lies when I needed help I'm dead inside like the vine hanging down the shell Reaching out for the things that I once felt Josephine, won't you come back? I promise you I'm a changed man I won't do no harm anymore I'm climbing the wall with a picture frame Fell off the nail and scratched the paint The last time you left and slammed the door Josephine I will get Daddy lost control The apple of my eye so far and gone You fell far from the tree And truth be told Probably for the best for us both Josephine, I'm gonna change Take back the mistakes that I've made You know that I'm not rotten to the core I'm climbing the wall with a picture frame Fell off the nail and scratched the paint the last time you left and slammed the door Josephine I will get clean I still have the photograph The last time you and I and your mother laughed I spend my time picking up the glass Wishing I could buy our time back Josephine, there's not a day I don't regret the choice I made I hope you know I wish I gave you more I'm climbing the wall with a picture frame Fell off the nail and scratched the paint 
the last time you left and slammed the door Josephine I will get clean Josephine I will get clean uh, I'm going to end on a happier note a more hopeful note this is a more recent song that I've written, and um, yeah, it's, it's more hopeful than the other ones. <laughs> uh, this is called Mary Annette. Well, the rain came down in tight ropes, moonlit marionette, danced delightfully between the growing silhouettes. Every cigarette and star in the night sky burns from dusk till dawn. All the ghosts inside the smoke joke that they would tell if they could talk. Well, maybe we're running. Maybe we're lost to be found And maybe we'll find all the answers All for the next exit in town Maybe we're winning And maybe this is all a game And maybe everyone is different And that makes us all the same Lipstick colored curtains Caught dreaming in the mezzanine As a baby in a bathroom mirror She first found self-esteem Fate had her hands in the fire And Mary got behind the wheel She says I know just what I'm doing But I don't know what I'm supposed to feel And maybe we're running and maybe we're lost to be found And maybe we'll find all the answers All for the next exit in town And maybe we're winning And maybe this is all a game And maybe everyone is different And that makes us all the same leaves her mark she'll leave us on our knees why did we trade the trees for the high rise 
sirens for the birds in a symphony of city streets we're fast asleep on the curb and maybe we're running and maybe we're lost to be found maybe we'll find all the answers off of the next exit in town maybe we're winning and maybe this is all a game and maybe everyone is different And maybe everyone is different And maybe everyone is different Oh, maybe everyone is different And that makes us all the same You can find me at bennybrosh.com or benny underscore brosh. Uh, it's B-E-N-I-B-R-O-S-H. And I am on, I mean, I have accounts on Instagram and Facebook, but I'm not very active. Um, I'll get more active. Best way to reach me is definitely bennybrosh.com. And you can find um, some music and some uh, glass things there. Uh, thanks again, Lars. Appreciate you having me in, man. Thanks for listening to Songs of Inspiration. Until next time, keep supporting live music, stay safe, and be well. This podcast is produced by True to the Vision Music. For more information, check out LarsWhitman.net.